This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The annual March for Life is scheduled for January 29th in Washington, D.C., but because of the coronavirus pandemic... Much of the actual on-site marching and events will be curtailed. But weather and pandemic doesn't stop dedicated young people from making use of the Internet and other tools to make their voices heard. Students for Life of America is planning a series of events, both virtual and actual, in the upcoming weeks in the St. Louis area. Jacinta Florence, Regional Coordinator for Missouri and Arkansas, talks about what's planned on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Recently, Operation Rescue confirmed that the Planned Parenthood in St. Louis, the only licensed abortion facility in the state, is not aborting unborn babies and hasn't for months. Instead, the group found that the St. Louis facility is referring women to a new Planned Parenthood a few miles across the border into Illinois for the abortions. The St. Louis facility still has a license to do abortions, but apparently is choosing not to. An Operation Rescue spokesman said that he believes the reason is because Planned Parenthood does not want to comply with Missouri's pro-life laws. The St. Louis facility had a poor reputation. Operation Rescue documented 75 medical emergencies at the facility over the past several years. In 2019, state health leaders tried to revoke its license, citing multiple life-threatening abortions, but a state commissioner ruled in favor of Planned Parenthood. On Saturday, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill banning the use of telemedicine to administer the abortion pill in that state. The bill would effectively ban telemedicine abortions in Ohio by requiring that a physician be present when the first of two drugs in the abortion pill regimen is administered to a woman. Failure to abide by this law could result in a fourth-degree felony, and repeated violations of the law could result in the suspension of the offending physician's medical license. According to the FDA, at least 24 known women have died from complications associated with the abortion pill, and countless women have shared their personal stories of the horrific effects they've endured after taking the abortion pill regimen. Despite claims that the abortion pill is as safe as Tylenol, it carries with it a four times greater risk of complications than a first trimester surgical abortion. The U.S. Supreme Court sidestepped an opportunity to rule on behalf of the First Amendment right for pro-life speech around abortion centers. The Supreme Court declined to hear Bruni v. City of Pittsburgh, which challenges a law that enacted by the city that bans pro-life speech, even rarer, in painted 15-foot buffer zones outside the medical facility entrances. The city then chose to paint such zones outside only two facilities in the entire metropolitan area, Pittsburgh's two abortion centers, and enforced the ban against pro-life speech only. This bans the free speech of sidewalk counselors and those handing out literature, informing pregnant women of resources available to them and their children. However, speech on other subjects has been permitted in the zone. Despite the language of the ordinance and how it was applied, the lower court interpreted the ordinance in such a way that pro-life speech is permitted, and the lower courts do not apply the Supreme Court's more recent precedent striking down restrictions on speech and pro-life speech outside abortion clinic, and instead relied upon an older case of Hill v. Colorado. (laughs) 
This is World Lutheran News Digest. இது லோக லூதரன் வார்த்தா பரிபாடியாகும் I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Coming up, the March for Life. And we're not going to be letting a pandemic or whether anything stand in our way to stop that from going on. In fact, Students for Life of America and local areas here in the St. Louis region are planning some things. And my guest today is Ms. Jacinta Florence, who is the Regional Coordinator for Missouri and for Arkansas for the, for the Students for Life of America. Uh, Jacinta, welcome again to the program. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. And it's good to have you. Uh, can you tell me, uh, first of all, let's, let's let the people know a little bit about who you are and about the Students for Life of America. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I work for Students for Life of America. It's a national nonprofit. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it because it's a the, one of the biggest pro-life organizations out there. Um, and our goal is to raise up pro-life leaders so that we can end abortion in our lifetime. And I'm the regional coordinator for Arkansas and Missouri based out of St. Louis. And I moved here about, well, almost two years ago in May. It'll be two years. And so what I do is travel to high schools and colleges and bring tabletop displays to different campuses um, to have conversations with people about abortion. Um, and the goal is to really change hearts and minds on abortion. And um, of course we have pivoted and our mission looks a little bit different now that um, a lot of schools are closed. Um, but most of the time it's been like online webinars. And um, since it's been an election year, a lot of door knocking. So um, it's been, it's been good, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things that impresses me so much is that we've got young people getting involved in the pro-life movement. And this is something I think we desperately need. And this is really what Students for Life of America are doing, is that they're focusing on young people in the area and bringing the message of life to them. And it's not so much the idea of making abortion illegal as it is to making abortion unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal is to um, change hearts and minds person to person. Um, so if we can't change the laws, we're just going to change hearts and minds person to person. And that's um, going to create a ripple effect. And then hopefully that will change the culture and to make abortion unthinkable, as you said. Well, we're coming up on what has traditionally been the annual March for Lice, which take place really across the country as well as in Washington, D.C. But we now have a pandemic that has kept people at home and are preventing them from getting out. But that is not stopping us from getting our voice out there. So what is Students for Life for, of America planning? Yeah. So um, in lieu of attending the March for Life, we do have some Students for Life representatives that will be there that are on the East Coast. But um We um, decided to do um, events on a local level. So, um, and across the United States, we're hosting different Stand for Life weekends. And I'm hosting one here in St. Louis. So we call it Stand for Life. And then, um, so I will be hosting, um, there's a few different events. And then there's going to be online events as well. So that if anybody isn't able to show up to the in-person events, granted the in-person events are outside and you can social distance and wear your mask. Um, but there are online trainings available from Abby Johnson, Stephanie Gray, who's a well-known pro-life apologist, 
um, Kristen Hawkins, our president, Lauren Muzika, who's a sidewalk counselor extraordinaire, um, and other people who are experts in the realm of pro-life activism. And so you get to hear from all of those people online and be trained and equipped to do pro-life activism. But also there's in-person events that I would love for. Um, it's open to the public. Anybody is welcome to join me. Um, we have our lobby day on January 28th at noon. And that's going to be in front of Senator Josh Hawley's office. And um, we'll be out there with signs um, that say reject um, abortion extremism. And so we will be there and then just like to be a presence in front of his office because he's done so much for the pro-life movement um, and spoken out against abortion several times. So um, it'll be great to be in front of his office. It's kind of a tumultuous time to be doing that, as I'm sure you can understand, Keb, um, with everything going on in the news. But we're still going to be a peaceful, prayerful, loving happy presence out there. Um, So that will be the 28th at noon. And then, um, so I've got college students joining me for that. And then we're also going to have a life chain in front of the Fairview Heights, Illinois Planned Parenthood on July 29th, uh, that Friday at four o'clock. So I would love for everybody to come out for that one. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but in the state of Missouri, this is an abortion free state right now. Um, Uh, Several of my colleagues and I have called the St. Louis Planned Parenthood, and they said that because of the waiting period, they aren't offering abortions to women because of coronavirus, because uh, there's a 72-hour waiting period, and that would mean that women have to keep coming back to the clinic, and so their chances of spreading corona would be higher. So, unfortunately, they're sending them to Fairview Heights, Illinois, this new mega clinic that popped up in October of 2019. they're sending them there to get their abortions because in Illinois, there is no waiting period. So while it might be a victory for Missouri, women are still going to Illinois just 30 minutes across the river to get an abortion. And so that's why I've chosen to have a life chain in front of Fairview Heights, Illinois, um, Planned Parenthood at four o'clock to be, again, a peaceful, prayerful, loving presence um, and a witness to life in front of that clinic. So that will be the 29th. And then on the 30th, we have a sidewalk chalking and prayer vigil in front of the St. Louis Planned Parenthood. And that will be at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, And so, um, yeah, those are most of the events. And if you sign up, you can email me at jflorence at studentsforlife.org. If you are unable to afford the $10 to sign up, I can give you a free code. And then you can just go to studentsforlife.org slash standforlife to sign up um, and get more details on everything. But feel free to email me or, um, yeah, just at jflorence, like Florence, Italy, at studentsforlife.org. And we would love to see you come out. Um, We're trying to get as many people as we can to come out. um, And I know a lot of people missed out on the March for Life. So it'll be good to um, have a... Um, a vibrant presence here in St. Louis. Um, It is an exciting time, but it's also confusingly exciting because we can't celebrate yet because abortions are still happening right across the river. So yeah, that's the Stand for Life event. And you can check out my Facebook. It's Jacinta Florence, J-A-C-I-N-T-A. And I've got all the information there as well. Um, So we hope that you join us. We hope that you stand up for life, especially during a time when um, being pro-life is very unpopular and um, 
we're more divided now than ever. So we just want to show people that we love life. We're praying for everybody and we want to be a beautiful witness to life. And you can join me in doing that. Uh, Jacinta, we are going to be having a new administration in Washington on January the 20th. And uh, looking at the results, uh, the House is in control of one party, as is the Senate, as is the White House. And uh, they have been very strongly uh, favoring the pro-abortion forces. And uh, we, may, we may even be looking at things like, for example, uh, uh, public funding of abortion. I mean, this is something that has been committed to. What uh, is the concern of Students for Life of America? Because the climate is being changed politically, not necessarily to our advantage. Yeah, and the uh, being that the climate changes politically, that impacts our movement, you know, because abortion is a political issue um, because it's still legal in, you know, all of our states. Um, and, um, yeah, unfortunately, with new... Um, pro-choice candidates in office and being inaugurated this month that I believe you were talking about the Hyde Amendment um, that prevents taxpayer funding of abortion. So we want to keep that in place so that our tax dollars aren't funding abortions. Um, And so it's unfortunate that they are there are pro-choice candidates in office and that um you know i had co-workers go down to georgia to do door knocking to try to save the senate and so it looks like we have a democratic uh senate as well and um so that changes the tide for us as well but um i i we do we're trying to move forward we're trying to build up a culture of life where we're at unfortunately we do have to get involved in politics so um that's just the reality of the pro-life movement um my comms director told me to let people know that we were voting no on becerra to the u.s senate i don't know if that means anything to you um so so that's coming up but um yeah, we're just hoping and praying that the tide turns and that um, this, that our voices aren't silenced. And when you said Becerra, when you said Becerra, I'm assuming you meant Javier Becerra, the, yeah, the former attorney general of California who succeeded uh, Kamala Harris and has been one of the leading lights in the persecution of the uh, of the Center for Medical Progress, which exposed Planned Parenthood selling of baby body parts for profit. Uh, Becerra has been nominated to head up the Department of Health and Human Services, which would indeed take care of, uh, which indeed in, involves a lot of abortion issues. And I think this is what you're talking about when you say that you're you're uh, asking the Senate to refuse to confirm him in that post. That's correct. You got it. You hit the nail on the head. So, um, yeah, just trying to build up. I never thought that I would get involved in politics, but then I started working full time for Students for Life. And, and during an election year, you know, we did door knocking in Kansas City and Phoenix, Arizona, and in St. Paul, Minnesota this past year, uh, wintertime, fall semester of 2020. And um you know, it was good to have conversations with people. We can't endorse any p- political candidate, um, but we can encourage people to do their research and to vote and encourage them to vote pro-life. So we were all um, very surprised at the outcome of the election. But, uh, you know, we have to keep on keeping on no matter what the results are. And if we allow that to 
um, if we allow the outcome to defeat us, then we've lost. So we have to just keep pushing and keep moving and keep building a co- culture of life where we're at in our own cities and around our the people that God has placed in our lives. Um, and so that's what we're doing. But yes, unfortunately, it does involve us. It does mean that we have to get involved in politics. So... Well, abortion is a political issue as well as a moral issue, so I'm not sure how that can be uh, how that can be avoided. So, how can people find out more about what you are planning? Now, you talked about your webpage, you talked about the uh, Students for Life website. What is available on those sites for people to find out? Not just for the upcoming March uh, marches that are coming up, but as you pointed out, I mean, this this is going to be going on for a long time, probably for years. So how can people find out what's going on? Yeah, um, they can follow me on Instagram. It's Jacinta underscore Florence, SFLA. Um, and I always post like little events there. And then they could also um, like or add me on Facebook, Jacinta Florence. And I always post events there as well. But then our national website, studentsforlife.org, always is updated with new initiatives that we are pushing, whether it's um, an online webinar series because we can't be on campuses or whether it's asking you to join a rally or um, a a sidewalk day or pray in front of Planned Parenthood. So I would uh, definitely refer to the Students for Life website for all of that information. And then, um, yeah, just email me at jflorence at studentsforlife.org asking how you can get involved in the pro-life movement. And I would love to just sit down and have coffee with you and connect with you about how we can make a difference in um, our own city. And um, I'm actually a part of a coalition um Uh, across the border and I say across the border in Illinois um, to get the new Planned Parenthood in Fairview Heights, Illinois shut down. So please pray for that and pray for the closing of the Fairview Heights clinic in Illinois. Um, And so there's always different things that we're trying to um, get a part of. If you know high school students who want to start a club, like let me know and I would be happy to meet up with them and uh, meet up with the advisor for the club and, um, support them in any way possible. I know right now it's hard to do activism because there's not a lot of opportunity for events and conferences and things like that, but we can do online baby item drives. Um, We can do social distancing prayer outside of a clinic. You can have me come in and I can give an apologetics training or a chastity webinar in person or over Zoom. Um, There's always different ways that we can get involved um, and um, remain active during this time. You talk about webinars. What are these and what do you present at 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 those meetings? Yeah, so um, I know like uh, we have five pillars. Um, We have effective education uh, and these five pillars are how we believe we're going to end abortion. So effective education, public policy, supportive services, um, industry impact, which is doing everything you can to remove Planned Parenthood from your school. If you're at a school and you find out that Planned Parenthood is there. Um, and then the last one, I believe, would be rapid response, which is responding quickly to things happening in your area. Um And so we give trainings on all five of those pillars. And oftentimes we do that over the web. Um, And so we did a lot of that. I did the supportive services pillar for the fall semester. 
Um, but I'm always um, available to give trainings. Um, I train a lot of my groups in apologetics and chastity. Those are our two most, um, well, my two most requested speaking engagements um, that people like to hear about. Now, what is apologetics? We know what it means from a religious point of view, but let our audience know what we're talking about. Yeah. So the apologetics training is just um, how to dialogue and have conversations with pro-choice minded individuals. Um, so we just give like basic tips on how how to dialogue with people, um, because that's what we do. That's the bulk of what we do is we're going on to campuses and we're talking to people about a very um, controversial topic. And so we just give basic steps on how to have these conversations. And um, we always talk about like our dialogue principles is like, one, we want to listen when we're entering into a conversation. We want to listen and not just wait for our turn to talk. And we want to reciprocate so that the person knows that you're heard. There's nothing worse than talking to somebody and like you say something and they say what they want to say. But you're like, did you even hear what I just said? So if you do that when talking to somebody about abortion, then they're not going to feel heard and they're not going to want to hear what you have to say about it. Um, and two, we want to clarify objections by asking good questions. Um, I know um, I used to bring the when, do, when does life begin display to college campuses a lot. And we ask people like when do you to vote on when they think life begins. And oftentimes people place their vote on um, when the heart starts beating at day 21. And so I always ask people like, Oh, like, yeah, I can understand why you place your vote on when the heart starts beating. But can I ask you why you chose to place your vote there? And they usually say, um, well, that's because the heart starts beating. And then um, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's a great guess. Like, I totally get that. And then I'll usually inform them that like um, at the moment of conception, um, 23 chromosomes from dad and 23 from mom come together. And it's at that moment that everything about you is put in place, your hair color, your eye color, all of those unique traits and characteristics that make you, you are determined in that moment. And you have a separate unique DNA from your mom, which shows that there's another entity within her. And then also you start growing at at a rapid rate. And if something's growing, that's a sign that it's living. And usually people change their mind to um, when life begins at the moment of conception. And so by asking that clarifying question, you get them to think. Well, it looks like science is on our side. Absolutely. Science is on our side, for sure. Yeah, but those, that's the bulk of the apologetics training is um, um, teaching people how to dialogue with individuals about abortion and bringing science and philosophy into it, talking about the early stages of life from the moment of conception to birth and what those stages look like. And so I feel like those are um, the basics of apologetics. And so that's really what people want to hear about. And that, that just knowing these simple things about life and when life begins, um, it's the truth of the matter. And it's the truth of when life begins. And you'd be surprised at how many people don't think about that. And so it's really an advantage to us to equip ourselves so that we can have these conversations and change minds in the process. Well, that may be one of the reasons why Planned Parenthood and its uh, supporters are so adamant uh, against uh, such things as ultrasound. 
Exactly. Because the moment a woman sees the ultrasound, she sees the baby there. And that's why people like Abby Johnson um, uh, became pro-life when she saw, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Unplanned, but during that movie, it's a real story about her life. She was able to see um, an abortion and she was able to see the, the ultrasound and she saw the baby's legs kick away from the doctor's instrument and that like woke her up to see, wow, that is a baby in the womb. What am I doing? Um, and so it's really important to paint the picture for people and to for the mom to see their babies. That's why pregnancy centers do such amazing work with their mobile units. I know Thrive in St. Louis has mobile units that they bring to campuses and all over um, to provide, provide pre, free ultrasounds to pregnant women because they're more likely to keep their baby when they see their baby in the womb. And then it becomes not so much of a burden, but it becomes an exciting journey that they take with their baby. So, One other thing I'd like to bring up that I, I'm sure that you talk about in your webinars is that so many of the pregnancy crisis centers have support for women who do not want to abort their babies. Everything from bringing them diapers to uh, places to stay, even helping them find jobs, things like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot in our area. There's um, Mosaic in Illinois, right side of outside of Fairview Heights, Illinois, that offers great resources to women. And then Thrive is probably one of my favorite uh, pregnancy centers that I've worked with. Um, and they do so much for women. They even offer um, university, not university classes, but they call it parent university, um, in which case the mom can learn how um just basic skills to become to be a good mom and then at the end of it they get um like baby bucks so that they can get clothes for their baby from the pregnancy resource center and um so that's a great um little and then they offer uh, bible studies to the women as well and support throughout before like during and after the baby is born so it's a great place for women to go Justin, I want to thank you so much for being on the program and letting people know what's going on and how they can help. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And I hope that people join me for the Stand for Life weekend. Again, um, feel free to email me or sign up at studentsforlife.org slash stand and then the number four life. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.